The Buffalo Beat is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Bill's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers and then shows you all of the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. And if you go over to the app, you'll be able to check out that there's an in-app panoramic seat to view photos from every single section, which is a cool feature. And then you'll be able to find tickets from all major leagues and teams, easy two-tap checkout, so it makes it really streamlines the situation for you. So more than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. Well, it's surely to be a uh, rather insightful game when the Buffalo Bills take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday at New Era Field, the second of a three-game homestand for the Bills, and one that will ultimately be able to tell us what this team is, at least right now, because certainly last week against the Miami Dolphins didn't give us too much of an indication because of their opponent. But now the Bills are up against a legitimate opponent and one that's pretty ticked off in the Eagles that was embarrassed on Sunday Night Football um, last week. My name is Joe Biscaglia. With me, as always, is Matthew Fairburn. You are listening to the Buffalo Beat here. However you are joining us, um, please be sure to rate and subscribe. Or if you're listening to us right here on the Athletic Podcast Player, thank you for doing so. And if you... Uh, want to subscribe, you can hear our Thursday-only episodes uh, by heading to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat. Matthew, this game is a hell of a game because I'm not really sure what to make of it right now because this is an Eagles team that's 3-4, and four, but it, it feels like, it. based on the way that they look, they look like more borderline a... Uh, a playoff contender, which is kind of interesting considering the state of their team right now. Yeah, they're they have a lot of talent. They've got the quarterback. They've got you know a, a nice tandem at running back. Their offensive line is mostly healthy. They've been without Deshaun Jackson, which I think is hurting them. But they have arguably the best tight end tandem in football. Uh, the defense has been banged up and underwhelming, and they aren't there's not really help on the way they're pretty banged up this week as well so you know it's been mixed results for this team and that's kind of the uh the weird part about this game is at the beginning of the year you would think this was one of the tougher games on the Bills' schedule I still think it probably is which might be more an indication of the schedule than it is the Eagles Um, but this is you know make no mistake this is a legitimate test for the Bills and it's not that they haven't had any legitimate tests. Uh, I think the Titans are a pretty tough team, but uh, this is one of their one of the more interesting games to date because it's a beatable team, but it's also a very good offense. Um, you know, arguably the best offense they've faced, uh, including the Patriots. So um, I think you know this will be a, a test for not only the defense to slow down one of the better quarterbacks in football, but uh, the offense to keep up on their end if the game does turn into a game where 
they need to score into the 20s or or low 30s in points. Yeah, I think one one area that I'd like to start with, at least from a Bills perspective, um, is just obviously Josh Allen and building off what he did last week. Because for the first time that I can remember, you can correct me if if you remember one of these, but he didn't make one of those really harebrained decisions to where it put his team in a in a pretty bad spot and um, sometimes those passes get uh, go down without having anything happen to them sometimes it gets picked off but at least once in every game up until that Miami game there was one of those moments so in that respect he advanced himself and you know after going back and looking Looking at the game, it's like, all right, I, I feel as though on our on our podcast right after the game, I might have been a little bit too harsh on the guy. And I know his first half wasn't great, but uh, or at least it wasn't like huge numbers or anything. But the only times he missed were on those deep passes, and then and then again, uh, his first pass of the game where he threw it behind Cole Beasley on an RPO. Every other short to intermediate target he hit in that entire game and I was kind of I'm like all right well maybe my memory wasn't wasn't doing as well (laughs) as as it should have been for that game but I I feel like this game going up against an Eagles team I I know it looks like the Eagles really struggle in their secondary which they do but the Dolphins like that that is the bottom of the barrel secondary so it's not as though he's going to have an even better game because the Eagles have struggled the Eagles are probably more talented than the Dolphins are so I think this is going to be a good little uh test to see if he can build off that that Dolphins game where he was error free yeah it's definitely a beatable secondary uh but you know we said there you're not going to get a more beatable secondary than Miami oh no and god no and I I think you know, everything after Miami will be a bigger test than those guys, given how banged up they were. But, you know, this this Eagles secondary is fairly banged up, and they've been allowing a lot of big plays. And I think that's probably, you know, I'm with you. Maybe after the game there was an element of, of us, be, us being a little too harsh on Josh Allen, but I think the, you know, it was a mistake-free game. Yeah. It was a, a a pretty efficient game for the most part. But it was lacking in, especially in the first half, those drive finishing plays. Um, the you know what we've talked about right from the beginning is wanting to see that game where, without a shout of a doubt, you just know that that was the type of game that you were looking for. It doesn't necessarily. I know people get sick of the the three hundred yard yeah. measuring stick or or whatever it may be, but um, more so just the even if you just want to use the eye test, right? And and knowing that the guy's finishing drives. He had a few games where he flirted with that last year um, and, you know, put up some big numbers. But the positive, like you mentioned, is that I don't think there was, other than that tipped pass at the line of scrimmage, a, a play where there was even a near turnover. Yeah. And, um, you know, that tipped pass at the line of scrimmage, he helped knock it down. Um, you could, you know, debate, whether he was at fault, I guess, for the ball being tipped or, or whatever. Usually those plays are sometimes the quarterback's fault, sometimes not. Uh, but other than that, there he didn't really come close to turning the football over. So that's a, a definite positive to build on. He seems to be making the correct decisions. 
and taking what the defense is giving them rather than trying to get it all at once. And that's progress from what we've seen even just at the beginning of this season. And so now the the challenge is, you know, against a, a better opponent, maybe with a better pass rush, uh, you know, and some slightly more talented players in the secondary and a better offense on the other side, what that does to him. Because I think we've seen in certain games, and of course he's young, he's growing, but we've, and this is all part of the development, but we've seen in certain games where he's up against either, you know, it's happened against the Patriots, obviously, up against Belichick in a really gnarly defense that the Patriots are rolling out there but also being up against, you know, a, a big time quarterback like last year against Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes it can psych out a young quarterback. It, you can get into a mode of thinking about who's on the other sideline rather than who's just in front of you. And he hasn't really had to deal with that this year other than against the Patriots. So uh, I think that'll be an interesting test for him with this Eagles team that um, while has not played the way it, it wants to play, it's still a team that is capable of getting rolling and putting up a ton of points. Yeah, and and that's that's the fear because this Eagles offense seems pretty potent. And uh, you know, I was I was chatting on uh, our buddy Jerry Sullivan's show um, uh, earlier this week, and you know, when, when I even said to the point which the offense looks more than playoff caliber, like they they are good pretty much across the board. I mean, Carson Wentz is the obvious here, but that offensive line, they're really good. And even Andre Dillard, who stepped in for Jason Peters this past week, he looked solid and and looked like he belonged. The guard play between uh, Samalo at left guard and um, Brandon Brooks at right guard, those two guys can really get after it. Um, You know, Jason, I forget if it's Kels or Kelsey, um, at center, he's... He's pretty good. Lane Johnson had some bad beats against DeMarcus Lawrence, but then again, it was against DeMarcus Lawrence last week. So that that offensive line from from left to right, really freaking good. Um, and then you mix in the tight ends, which I know you brought up, which is smart too. And, you know, Sean McDermott, after practice on Thursday, and made it a point to ask him about when they use those two guys in unison. And and he it was very clear that he was incredibly uh, up on the fact that those two guys are big, long, athletic, and they can get behind defenders on a defense. And when you put two of those guys on the field at the same time against guys who, you know, whether it be a linebacker or safety, it's some sort of mismatch, that's going to be an area that the Eagles potentially try to exploit. And then you mix in the running game along with it. Alshon Jeffrey is still there. Nelson Aguilar is still there playing both the outside and the inside. This is a really good offense. So it might get to a situation where this Bills defense gets tested um, more than they have at all this season. And uh, because they are, they're so up on it. And I, I think there's a chance that Josh Allen might have to, uh, might have to go a little uh, score for score here with this team. It, it, it could, I, I would not rule out this game getting, fairly high scoring not like ridiculous but uh, I could see both these teams in the 20s maybe even one of them cracked the 30s that 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 would not shock me whatsoever yeah and and that's something that they haven't really had to do yet is if if they get off to a slow start and and dig themselves a hole most of the holes they've dug have been manageable 
they've been able to climb out of them. And like I said, I think this is the best offense that they've faced. I, I don't know if you would agree with that. I, I think it's better than New England's. Yeah, uh, I agree you know, with you Tom totally. Brady's, Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and you know they've got some some nice pieces there, but that's not quite the explosive offense it once was. And Tom Brady's not, not I mean, he's still good, but he's not, um, and he's probably still better than Carson Wentz. It's more about what's around him um, and how they play and how well the Bills match up with the Patriots, which is by design uh, how they've built this team. This Eagles offense is a, a different monster, and that's what makes this an interesting game. It's always interesting when teams who don't see each other that often match up against each other because I was trying to dig back into Eagles games where they would have faced a similar defense, and uh, it's hard to find, you know, because it's you could go back to the Panthers game last year, but personnel is different. And the Panthers have tweaked a little bit of what they do. And Sean McDermott puts his own spin on, on what they have here. So that's what makes these games fun is because, you know, these guys don't see each other often. The Bills and Patriots, you know, the Bills are practically, you know, building to take them down um, and, you know, match up against them. And it it's why I think the Patriots have such a hard time on offense against these guys. And, you know, clearly Bill Belichick, you know, has seen enough of Josh Allen to have his number a little bit. This is a different animal. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's what makes makes it a bit of a weird game to to pin down. But, you know, a, a fun one to, to think about and, and talk about because uh, there's a lot of different directions it could go. And uh, I think, you know, it could be one of those games where they're trading scores a little bit. Yeah, um, I have a fun exercise for you. How many teams in the NFL have given up more points than the Eagles' defense, if you had to guess? I'm going to say somewhere around like somewhere five or under. It is three. The only three teams that have given up more points than them. I'm sorry, it's four. Um, I wasn't looking at the NFC South. The only teams that have given up more points than them. The Atlanta Falcons, who gave up 223, and these are not in order. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, who have given up 192. The New York Giants, who have given up 187. And the Miami Dolphins, who have given up 211. Wow, the Falcons have given up more points than the Dolphins. That's crazy. Um, but anyway, they are tied with the Bengals for giving up 186 points. So the Eagles have given up 186, but they have scored 171. Um again, in one additional game than, than the Bills have, but they have 50 more points than the Bills do, and I don't think the Bills are about to put up a 50 spot to get to get equal with them. So this is a this is a really good offense that has been constantly let down by by the defense. And if, if I'm looking at this matchup, I think the one area that scares me for the Bills is right in the middle. Of, of the Bills defense because I'm looking at the interior line play by the Eagles with Samalo, with Brooks, with uh, with the center Kelsey, Kelsey whatever. I'm, I'm going to struggle with it until the day I die. Um, those three guys are really good run blockers. And one area that the Bills have struggled in this year since Harrison Phillips has gone down has been holding the point of attack right in the middle, which has been which was Star Latulale this past week, and then Kyle Pico 
um, who who struggles in that area. One thing that I noticed after going back and watch the Bills-Dolphins game is that in the second half when they had their backup defensive line unit in the game, it's clear that they didn't like what they were seeing either because they actually flipped Kyle Pico and Jordan Phillips. Phillips ended up playing the one-tech um, on the snaps that they were both out there, and Pico was playing the three-tech, which is a huge signal that they were not happy with what Pico was doing at that one technique spot and taking Jordan Phillips, who they trust more, um, out of his his primary role and his best role, which is at three tech, and and trying to get up the field and and making the impact that he did. So I, I look at I look at that matchup right there, and I know we didn't get into this on on the uh, subscriber pod when we were talking about trade deadline. But I'm absolutely looking at one tech defensive tackle. If they can get a rotational piece to bring in um, for a pretty cheap cost, I think that could be something that they need to look into pretty, pretty, uh, pretty quickly. Because uh, Kyle Pico isn't cutting it for me, and Starla Tulele has not been good so far this year. Yeah, and and this is a tough running team. Yep. Uh, you know, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders are a decent little one-two punch. The Bills could badly use Matt Milano back, uh, especially with the way that Miles Sanders has hurt teams as a pass catcher and made a lot of big plays that way. You know, this team's missing Deshaun Jackson, but they've got a lot of other ways to hurt you uh, if they want to. And it's going to put a strain on Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde in some ways, uh, but also, you know, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano if he plays because those two tight ends and Miles Sanders, you know, they can present a lot of matchup problems and allow this offense to give you a lot of different looks that really they haven't gotten uh, a whole lot, uh, you know, so far in the games that they've played. Think back to the Colts game, and the schemes aren't identical, but the Colts game last year, which, you know, Derek Anderson played, and there was a lot that went wrong there, but that, that Colts offense shredded the Bills, and... Um, they did it with scheme, uh, and obviously Andrew Luck was playing great and executing that scheme at a really high level, uh, but the Eagles have the ability to, to do some of the same stuff. So uh, I'll be curious to see you know, whether Matt Milano plays, and then, you know, like you mentioned, in the interior of that defensive line, if they can't you know, get better production there, that's going to put even more strain on the linebackers and you know, teams are going to start to notice and try to take advantage of it the same way the Dolphins did. Uh, you know, the Dolphins attacked it early, and, and you know, they're not exactly a, a powerhouse offensive line down in Miami, and they still oh, were able no. <laughs> to churn out some yards. And this offensive line in Philadelphia is legit. Uh, I think it's one of the, the better groups in the league by most measures. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, a stiff test for uh, the entire Bills run defense, which hasn't been – you know, just kind of going through the opponents in my head, you know, they haven't had, um, you know, the, that big test really since the first couple of weeks um, when they were up against, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Saquon Barkley back to back. Yeah. And the Giants tore them up, at least in the early part. Uh, then they kind of settled in and that, that first drive where they just kind of punched the Bills defense in the mouth. It was like, whoa, where'd that come from? And And then they kind of settled in. Um, even the Bengals had some success against against the Bills, and that was particularly, um, I guess, uh, it brought on some 
some questions just because you look at what the Bengals have been able to do on the ground this year. It has been nothing. And Mixon was actually getting loose a little bit when they were getting him to the edge. Um, I do think this is a game where they are going to absolutely try and make Starla Tulele, Kyle Pico, Ed Oliver, Jordan Phillips prove to them that they can consistently stop things on the inside. You know, Jordan Howard, I'll tell you what, even though Philadelphia got blown out by the end of that game against Dallas, that first half, Jordan Howard was doing really well. There, I think there was one hole where he missed egregiously that could have gotten him a bunch of yards. But other than that, I mean, he's he's a solid downhill runner when he has the blocking, which the Eagles usually provide. That um, that's a that's a solid running back for them. And then you brought up the pass catching ability by Sanders. They like to keep those two guys fresh too. And by the way, they're doing this without Darren Sproles, who was out last week. Um, so that that's going to be an issue for the Bills, and they're going to have to prove it. Tremaine Edmonds needs to be able to get off the blocks. Um, he's been doing a much better job of it. Still not consistently there, but there there is progress being shown there, which will be important in this matchup, especially when they've got those interior linemen getting to that second level. Um, and outside of that, I think... I, I wonder if the um, the Eagles are going to, you know, I keep going back and forth with this, where they, who they attack Levi Wallace with, um, whether it be the more physical Nelson, I'm sorry, the more physical Alshon Jeffrey or the speedier Nelson Aguilar. Um, I think what they saw on film from from the Bills uh, with Levi kind of giving up some of those that underneath stuff, I think they'll want to test it at least a little bit just to see if he if he'll be able to tackle, come up with plays, if he'll be a little bit more on it. And I also want wonder if the um, the Eagles are going to follow the Dolphins' game plan by trying to keep the Bills in in their base defense, um, especially if Matt Milano doesn't play. Which, if I had to guess right now, I think Milano's in um, just based on what uh, what um, what I th- think. He's been able to do it practice, uh, but still, from in from that same standpoint, they're still going to have to be able to to prove that they can stop this inside run, and that's going to be a, a major challenge for them, um, figuring out exactly what they can be. And then if if the Bills are unable and it starts to get to another low possession game like it was last week then, you know, the the offense is going to have to capitalize on opportunities and they won't be as easy as last week. No, they certainly won't. And I, I think the run defense has been, uh, you know, sneaky, not major, but a, a little bit of a sneaky concern over the last couple of years. There's been some inconsistencies and they s- seem to have them ironed out a little bit better. But like you mentioned, they've had their moments, you know, where Saquon Barkley got his, Joe Mixon got his, Le'Veon Bell had a decent game against them in week one. So, you know, it'll continue to be something that teams test them with, especially now that their depth's been tested up front. And, uh, you know, certainly I think the defense that they showed in the first five games is more um, their identity than the one they showed against the Dolphins um, where, you know, they didn't have Matt Milano and they came out kind of sluggish in that first half. But, you know, they put some stuff on tape that I'm sure uh, teams are going to be looking at. And, you know, guys in the locker room were mentioning that the Dolphins hit them with some runs that the Colts hit them with, um, you know, in that game last year. And, 
you know, Frank Reich came from Philly. I'm, I'm sure, you know, they've watched some of that game to see what they can, you know, kind of attack these guys with. They've gotten better at adjusting to those types of things than they did against the Colts where um, the Colts kind of just ran over them uh, over and over. But um, still something to, to look out for with this defense just because of the personnel, like you've mentioned. Uh, probably the two biggest depth problems on defense are at linebacker and defensive tackle. So, you know, when there's some injuries like they've had with Harrison Phillips and, and now Matt Milano, you see them get tested and, and strained and, and what it does to them. And that's just kind of a, a fact of the NFL is that injuries are going to happen and you're going to have to adjust. And this defense won't be picture perfect um, when some of those key players are, are on the sideline. Yep. Uh, I know that uh, we've, we've been gushing about this Philadelphia Eagles offense, but defensively, if we just flip it around a little bit, man, are they are they fighting it right now? Um, you know, they they do have some quality players. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Fletcher Cox is still a good player on the inside, and then oh, along with him, Derek Barnett can get after the passer. Brandon Graham is a solid player. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins is a pretty good player, but they like like you mentioned earlier in the podcast the injuries have just taken their toll and they've also had some really poor play and they hit a a breaking point this past week after losing to the Cowboys because they made a lot of moves at a couple of different spots at defensive tackle they're still without Timmy Jernigan by the way um they decided to put Hassan Ridgeway on IR they they released Akeem Spence and they signed two players, uh, one named Huggins, the other named Rush, off of another team's practice squad. Um, and because it doesn't look like Jernigan's going to be able to play in this game, it's odds are uh, Rush, who's the bigger of, of the two, will be playing that one technique, nose tackle sort of sort of role. So there's going to be the Bills are going to be up against a practice squad player, essentially. And then at nickel corner, cornerback has been an issue for the Eagles all season, a lot to do with injury. Um, they got Jalen Mills back last week, which was, you know, a, a nice sight for them because he's, he's a solid player, but you know, Rasul Douglas has struggled. Um, their nickel corner last week was Orlando Scandrick. He was so bad in the open field and in, in coverage that they just straight up cut him on Monday. So I don't know who's going to be lining up at nickel cornerback for them. And and so that's going to be a bit of a challenge, but it another spot for the Bills to exploit as well. So I, I think this could be a big Frank Gore game, um, trying to run between the tackles and have some success there because the Bills interior line has been performing fairly well. Um, and then Cole Beasley, I think I think it's getting to the point where Cole Beasley has to have a game here because he's been fairly disappointing. I know we've touched on it in post game. Um, uh, the post game podcast more than uh, more of these previews, but Beasley is, I mean, he's dropping passes. He's getting open, but it's, it's almost as though that Josh Allen just doesn't trust him enough to, to make those plays because it's, it feels like he's dropped a bunch of passes this year. Yeah. The timing seems just a little bit off yeah. between the two of them. And um, whether it's flat out drops or just not making the tough catch in some ways, um, you know, it, it something is a little bit off there, which you'd almost expect given 
that's not really Josh Allen's strength in terms of the quick passing game. He's gotten better, but so much of that is about timing, seeing the same things, uh, knowing where guys are going to be and, and developing that chemistry. And they're still early on in doing that. So, um, But in some cases, it's a simple case of Cole Beasley not making the play, whether it's a drop or um, just failing to come up with a tough catch. And, you know, that's where you wonder if they can take advantage of, of some of these weaknesses. I think this is a defense that will give up big plays. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, they've done it quite a bit. It's been really their Achilles heel uh, is giving up big passing plays. But, you know, the the Bills have to prove that they can create those plays, which they haven't done at a tremendous clip so far this season. They've had their moments. A lot of it's come after the catch. Um, you know, we've talked about Josh Allen's deep passing. Um, it's more than just the go routes at times, you know, at least this year. Uh, some of those deep crossing patterns, uh, they haven't been able to hit on a whole lot. So um, this is a, a week where they could take advantage and, and make some of that happen. And, you know, they could probably take advantage with Cole Beasley underneath. And um, I look at the tight end play too, you know, Croft and Knox. Knox didn't have his best game last week, but you know those guys ha- have a chance in this one. I think really the two keys that I'm looking at is, and it's probably something you can look at most weeks, is you know are the Bills going to be able to create big plays on offense, which is where the Eagles have been vulnerable on defense, is giving up some big chunk plays. And on the other side, can they force Carson Wentz into some turnovers? Uh, because that's been a little bit of a bugaboo for him in recent weeks. So you know, they win that, that battle, the big play, uh, battle and the turnover battle that should be enough. Um, it typically is. So, uh, they have to take advantage of what this defense has given them. And I think your point about Frank Gore is pretty good too, because to me, they could probably be leaning on the running game more than they have been. Mm -hmm. Um, they could get Devin Singletary involved a little bit earlier and, um, you know, lean on Frank Gore a little bit more, if Josh Allen's going to take care of the ball and you want to be that type of team, they have the offensive line to do it. Um, they really have been pushing some teams around and creating, you know, good yards. And I like the fact that they're opening it up and throwing it a lot and, and things like that. But uh, this running game is pretty good too. And if they need it um, in games, it's coming through for them. So um, I'll be interested to see the run pass balance this week as well. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. The, uh, I think, and you brought up the big plays, it would be such a a relief if they hit one, right? I mean, this is this is a, a an offense that wants so badly to incorporate that into what they're doing. And they're still manufacturing bigger plays, which are uh, shorter passing plays that end up going for big yardage. But even still, I mean... Hitting someone on a deep post or hitting someone on a go route, that I mean, it you can tell it's something they're trying to work on. They're trying to build that timing. They're trying to get it all together because that can provide such a different element for the team. And, you know, they're not going to take a deep shot down the field every single play. I think right around the range in which they did against Miami is probably pretty, pretty solid. They had the one deep post to Andre Roberts. Um, they had the one go route to to John Brown. They had another one to John Brown. And then they had another one where I think Allen, for all intents and purposes, threw it away to Dawson Knox in the end zone. Um, but 
because he was under pressure. But even still, like that's 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 a spot that he could probably put a better ball on it and and maybe help Dawson Knox try and go up and and make a play. I mean, and those three misses that I was talking about, they weren't even close. So I guess the encouraging part is that he's throwing it so far that the other team can't pick it off. So if you're going to miss, miss long, but he's missing too long. <laughs> and, and that's, uh, it's all, all the part of the timing. I really wonder what they're going to do with Robert Foster this week. And if they have a spot for him, my gut tells me probably not, but, um, you know, I guess if they're trying to open things up and, and establish a, a deep threat, then, I mean, he would be a guy to maybe mix in there, even if John Brown doesn't leave the field. Um, mix in Robert Foster along with them and, and see if you can open some things up and and make the defense go, oh, what are they doing here? We haven't seen this. They've only run those two guys out on the field at the same time, I think, in the first week of the season. And teams, you know, made a uh, made some notice of it. But we'll have to see if if they do it again, if they want to. But I like I said, I, I kind of think that Robert Foster is going to be on the outside looking in again. Yeah, it's a question of whether they think they can manufacture big plays easier with him or Isaiah McKenzie. And like you said, Isaiah McKenzie's playing better. Um, you know, and I think that's a a part of this that, you know, needs to be factored in is that and and he's capable of of making these big plays when the ball's in his hands, uh making plays after the catch. So Foster and Brown on the field at the same time is uh, probably a scary thought for some defenses, but they're not connecting on those deeper passes. And so, you know, is it worth having Foster in there? Uh, It's going to be an interesting question week to week. I imagine he'll get back in the lineup at some point, but, you know, Duke Williams' emergence has has made that a little tougher for him. Yeah, most certainly. Okay, let's get into the uh, Shaq Lawson meditation prediction hour. The... um so you have to go find the line real quick. The Bills, I believe, are favored in this game. Uh, let's see. The Bills are favored by a point and a half uh, over the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, who you got straight up? Who you got against the spread? And uh, and why? I'm going to go with the Bills. Um, and early in the week, I thought I'd go with the Eagles, but... I think the Bills win this game, and I think they cover the spread. And the reason I think that is because I think the Bills' defense will get back on track. And Carson Wentz in this offense, this is a good offense, but they've slowed down some really good offenses over the last couple of years when they're locked in and playing at home. They're tough to throw on. And... um a lot of this will depend on, you know, Matt Milano, especially if they have Matt Milano back. But even if they don't, the passing offense or the passing defense should have the ability to create some turnovers here against against Carson Wentz. And if they do, that can change the game in a hurry. And uh, it's just so tough to know what, you know, like I said, with these interconference matchups, what type of team uh, is going to show up for the Eagles on Sunday. They've, they've been so good in some games and so bad in others. And I just feel like the Bills defense will do enough to, you know, keep the offense in the game, similar formula that they've used, uh, and get some timely turnovers. So I'll say Bills 24, uh, Eagles 20. 
Yeah, I mean, those are fair points. And, you know, this is I think this is going to be a good game between two teams that should probably be in the playoffs. I mean, the Eagles, to me, at least their offense anyway, it looks like a playoff caliber offense. And you know, they, they've massively underperformed the last couple of weeks. You know, they've played some tough opponents in Minnesota and uh, and Dallas. But even still, this is... This is a this is a solid Eagles team, and they're starting to get a little bit healthier in the secondary. I, I don't know this this game for the Bills scares me um, because a from a uh, just from a, a a personality standpoint, the Eagles have now dropped what is it three in a row, and they're pretty pissed off <laughs> at the moment for getting embarrassed like they did. Um, against the Cowboys. This is potentially a get-right game for them. And they're doing it outside of home, which I think is is almost e- better for them to do it outside of Philly because there's not going to be that, that pressure on them the whole time, the boo birds coming out, what have you, if, if they have the worst play come out. They're going to go out and try to and try to show everybody, even if this isn't true, that the Bills are phonies at five and one, and that they're the superior team. So I think from that perspective, uh, I like their edge a little bit more um, in this matchup. And then from an on-field perspective, that interior line against the Bills' middle of that defense really scares me for the Bills. And I think Jordan Howard um, running up the gut is going to be something they need to prove they can stop. And if they can't do it, if Milano doesn't play, then this could be a huge game for Jordan Howard and um, uh, and Miles Sanders as well in as a uh, you know as a, a spot complementary option here. But man, I I just I just look at what they haven't been able to do up the middle of that defense, and I think it could be one of those games where it absolutely forces the Bills' hand to where they have to make a move at one defensive ta- one technique defensive tackle. So I don't like the Bills right there. I do think this Bills offense will be able to, to move the ball down the field, but they're going to have to be able to convert field goals into touchdowns a lot better than they did last week because this is a good offense. So uh, because of all of the explosive options on offense and perhaps – you know, maybe this being a lower possession game, uh, if this is going to be a, a run fest, which I think it has the potential to be from both teams, uh, then I'm going to take the Eagles to win straight up, which means they would cover the spread as well, um, and then have the Bills going five and two in the bye week. But I can totally see the Bills winning too. I just I, I kind of like Philly more here. Yeah, I, I can see it. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be a close game, and uh, you know, I think. This is a big time gut check for the Eagles, and I think it's it's definitely from a psychological standpoint a game that they need more than the Bills do. Uh, but the Bills got their wake up call last week, so I don't know that I expect them to get rolled. But yeah. I think it's going to come down to you know, like I said, who turns the ball over more. Do we see the same Josh Allen that's been efficient and not you know? that protected the football really the last couple of games, um, you know, against Tennessee, he had the mm-hmm. one bad throw, but it is what it is. Those will happen. Um, but you know, if he continues to do that and they can run the ball and hang around in, until the end, he's been pretty, pretty lights out at the end of game. So 
I think this is going to be a an interesting test and probably the game where we learn the most about the Bills, um, maybe of any to this point, other than, I guess, the first week because you just never know what you're going to see. Um, but it, it feels like one where we're going to get a pretty good sense of, of who they are and what they can be against a team like this. Yeah, and if they do beat the Philadelphia Eagles in a spot where the Eagles are ticked off and, and they want to get back to 500 and, you know, put this the first half of the season behind them with a, with a good road win against a good team like the Bills. Um, if the Bills do end up beating that team, then this this town is going to be buzzing, especially with a game against Washington on the docket at home and then going away to Cleveland, which is a beatable opponent, and then away at Miami the week after that. I mean, people are going to be thinking huge if they end up beating the Eagles, but they have to do it first, and this is going to be a tough opponent right down the stretch. And how about this for a stat? Coming from our, our aforementioned friend, Jerry Sullivan, who wrote on Twitter earlier today, by winning Sunday, the Bills would reach six wins before the 11th game for the first time since 2000. They haven't been six and one. They haven't been six and two. They haven't been six and three. They haven't even been six and four since 2000. How about that for a stat? Yeah, that's mind blowing in a lot of ways. <laughs> right. I mean, that's like right up there with the 300 yard game stat you Mm -hmm. know it's uh it's pretty wild and you know the fact that they could get there sunday and you know this quickly is uh it speaks to you know the potential of this team and what this season could be which is something that really this town hasn't seen since uh, you know the 90s i know they made the playoffs a couple years ago but this definitely has a different feel yeah no doubt um all right so the next time you will hear from us will be after the game where we get to learn about this Bills team and how they um, how they do, uh, how they fare against a, a team that in a, it's pretty good in a, in a coin flip game, especially at home. It's probably one that they should have, but we'll, we'll have to see. Um, and by the way, the Bills are taking on the Cleveland Browns in a couple of weeks. So if you wanted to check out... Uh, our Browns podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. Be sure to step inside the dog pound with the Athletic Zach Jackson, who brings you the latest on the Browns every single week with exclusive audio and special guests on an elite podcast name, Civilized Barking. Pretty good. Pretty darn good. Um, all right. So we will speak with you next uh, from New Era Field on Sunday evening. Until then, for Matthew Fairburn, I'm Joe Biscalia. Thank you for listening to the Buffalo Beat, and we will talk to you next time. See you then.